Hello, everyone. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast was recorded and is made available to you by Whitley Penn LLP and WP Wealth LLP solely for informational purposes. The information, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are general in nature and are not intended to be construed as the provision of financial or investment advice by Whitley Penn or WP Wealth. The information discussed in this podcast is accurate as of the day it was recorded, but may then become outdated over time. Please feel free to contact us if you have any questions, comments, or concerns in regard to the content presented. Thank you again for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to our next edition of WP Talks. I'm Tom Ryan, I'm the Director of Wealth Management through Whitley Penn through our group uh, WP Wealth and today I'm excited to have Mark Topol join us. Mark is one of the original founders of Whitley Penn and is a tax partner with the firm and before we get started Mark I have to have to say congratulations that uh, during the shelter in place you celebrated your 37th year anniversary of the founding of Whitley Penn, and so uh, that's that's awesome. The firm is, as most people know, is is a you know tremendous Texas-based firm and well respected. So again, congratulations to you and and for the success you've had over the last 37 years. Well, thank you, Tom. And uh, Tom, it's good to be here with you uh, today. And uh, also, for many of those years, most of those years. Uh, it's been good to have you along um, with us and in the firm. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we're excited about the topic today. You know, the last several podcasts that we did through WP Wealth really focused on the theme of navigating through uh, the financial markets, given everything that we've been through. And we thought it would be interesting to get today to get a different perspective uh, from Mark, who, uh, again, is one of the tax partners here at Willie Penn. Obviously, you know, we, we know uh, the turbulence and the volatility that's affected capital markets, but, you know, for other, other professionals, especially professionals in, in the firm, they've dealt with their own challenges, different than what we've dealt with, but, but uh, significant nonetheless. And so, if you don't mind, let's just jump uh, right in. I'd love to get your thoughts on, on some of this. So, Mark, you've been practicing tax for over 40 years now, and uh, this has got to be the most interesting of those 40 plus years. If you would talk a little bit about some of the challenges you faced uh, this year amid the COVID nineteen crisis. Yeah, that that's a good good point. Uh, I've actually been practicing now for forty two years, and uh, by far and away, this is the most interesting, unprecedented year on record. Uh, that certainly I can remember, and that's probably taken place uh, for a long, long time. Uh, there have been many challenges that have taken place uh, internally with our, our staff from partners uh, all the way through to our staff and administrative folks. Probably the number one challenge has been uh, just that a good portion of the folks have been working away from the office at home and another smaller portion has been here in the office. So during tax season, there's a a lot of back and forth, asking questions, coming up with strategies, what's the best thing to do for the client. But uh, 
that was more challenging to do that when you're actually in two separate physically located areas. Um, working with the clients has been somewhat of a challenge too because we see so many of our clients uh, during the springtime in March and April, uh, whether it's to go through their individual information or their business information to kind of recap the previous year being 2019 or to get ready for 2020. And a lot of those meetings have been curtailed or deferred until after uh, this, this virus kind of uh, takes a back seat uh, and we get kind of back to normal. So it, it has been very challenging, uh, challenging of a year for sure. Yeah, yeah you, brought to, you brought up the point about the staff and the people and uh, it's interesting, you know, the business model is such that uh, a lot of the heavy lifting is done by younger professionals through the guidance and mentorship of more senior people. And it had to be challenging both from a business standpoint, but also just from a learning standpoint. Maybe if you would talk a little bit about kind of that learning curve or that growth, um, the professional development and growth of the younger people. Do you feel like uh, this this unique environment has stifled that? And if so, how do you overcome that to make sure that they're on their professional development path and that they're not handicapped in any way by that? Yeah, as we talked about earlier, the, the challenge has been not being together, that you can't see each other face to face and work together. Uh, accountants seem to learn better uh, visually as opposed to listening to something. So you can't get together and drop and explain things as easily as if you were in the same location. Uh, you know, going back 42 years ago, not only was that a time before smartphones, it was a time before computers. So uh, we, we, you know, we didn't have the luxury of the various things that we have today, such as Zoom or Skype or instant messaging or even uh, email capability. Uh, in fact, we didn't even have the capability to do faxes 42 years ago. So we're in a different position, of, uh, a very much better position today than we were back in the day. So there, there are ways to still work with the staff, train them, and we all became much more proficient in Skype calls or Zoom calls, um, even instant messaging and emails back and forth if questions would come up or issues would come up. We could still strategize, and I would say we're much better using those tools today than we were a few months ago because we had to. All right. You know, we've been we've been back. Whitley Penn's been back in the office uh, on a full time basis since the beginning of the month, and you know we're not quite at a hundred percent. I'm just curious within your group, uh, has have most folks come back, and are you sensing that um, some of the professionals really enjoyed uh, working at the kitchen table, and it's going to be a struggle getting them back into the the routines of being in the office on a full-time basis and re-engaging? Yeah, in walking around the office, I would say we're back up now to 75 to 80 percent, uh, probably. Um, you, you know, in accounting, uh, in fact, business, uh, generally speaking, you, you know, the bottom line is efficiencies. We all want to improve our efficiencies. So working from home uh, definitely provided some efficiencies in that uh, 
you didn't have to spend maybe 30 minutes to an hour getting ready to go to work. You didn't have to drive 30 minutes to an hour to get to work. You didn't have to drive 30 minutes to an hour to get back home from work. So it did provide efficiencies uh, that way. And, and hopefully uh, everybody used that time to uh, get more efficient at whatever tasks they were doing in, in front of them that day. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, I personally enjoyed uh, a lot of that time as well. It, just, it made life a lot more convenient. Uh, but I think you and I, you know, we, we kind of thrive on the energy uh, with people around us. So it was also good to get back. But uh, it'll be interesting as, as everybody, as we move more towards 100% and, and see uh, where everybody is here in the next several weeks to months as we go forward. But Yeah, and no, I agree with you, Tom. I mean, I think the longer you're in this profession, I, I think the more you enjoy being around folks, both internally and externally. So, you know, I really miss that, spending time with one another. It's good to have that back, and uh, we'll see where we go from here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, move, maybe moving on to another topic, you, you know, there seemed to be a dual focus during tax season. You know, one was the traditional work associated with assisting client, uh, clients in complying with their tax filing requirements. Yet, at the same time, your group had to absorb, you know, major tax law changes uh, that came about from the government um, as part of the COVID crisis and, and really shift uh, to begin assisting the clients to navigate through the, the different application processes and, and filings for the various relief uh, packages that were being offered. Can you talk about that a little bit, maybe some of the challenges or how that was disruptive and where it left you in the normal um, season of compliance and, and tax filings? Yeah, that that truly is what made this year so interesting so far, so unprecedented. And and here we are in mid-June. Uh, so we can hardly wait for the next six months to see what plays out. Everything was pretty n normal in the accounting world through March 15th. Uh, March 15th due date came and went, and we were getting ready for April 15th. And about a couple weeks later, April 15th, uh, got extended until July 15th. So gave everybody time to kind of defer the due date on so many projects for another 90 days. But at the end of March came the first of three, as you mentioned, major laws that took place that affected businesses, affected accountants, bankers, attorneys, advisors to businesses. It was the first of three. The third uh, was passed by the president probably about two weeks ago. We are still getting guidance and direction on all three of those laws. So trying to keep up with those, at the same time now we're gearing up for the July 15th due date. Uh, it, you know, right now it feels a whole lot like today is late March, early April. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's been an interesting time for sure. Yeah. You know, I, I know the complexity uh, of a lot of the law changes, you know, within our wealth management group. We obviously uh, stay on top of that as well because so much of what we do is coordinated with, with the tax folks of the firm and, and in offering planning and advice. And I'm, I'm just curious for the, for the average small business owner, uh, you know, this seemed like pretty complicated stuff, and it it was it, it all came down at a pretty crisis point where where everybody was 
you know, fearful and, and unsure and just had more questions than not. Um, was this something that, that business owners could navigate themselves or did it would it require generally the assistance of a professional uh, such as yourself and Whitley Penn? And maybe just your thoughts on that broadly uh, with what the government did and was it practical that it was uh, you know, usable by most small businesses? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think the intent of Congress was to make all of this legislation very easy, transparent, uh, easy to get through. And now, like we said, there's three major laws that have been passed. We're still getting guidance and direction. The intent seems to have changed midstream from uh, Congress or at least the Treasury as we go through this. So depending on the client, I think clients uh, generally began the process on their own and took it as far as they could. But uh, I think most every client looked for further advice from somebody, whether it was us at Whitley Penn, uh, their banker, their attorney, somebody to kind of take their hand and get them through. Uh, the intricacies of the PPP loan program or how to manage their retirement plan distributions, deferrals, deferrals of Social Security. I mean, there's an awful lot in all of those bills and uh, it, it usually would take the help of somebody else to get them through. Yeah, that was my takeaway. It seemed awfully complex and and the ball kept moving down the field and, and the rules were changing along the way. And so it would be very difficult for somebody who was just trying to run their business through all this to also be able to commit the, the energies and resources to stay up uh, and, and really take advantage of that. I guess, you know, I guess maybe from a, from a professional opinions perspective, you work with a lot, of, a lot of small businesses, you work with a lot of high net wealth individuals. And so all these programs affected different segments of the economy, be it stimulus or PPP or lending facilities. In your opinion, did, did they largely hit the mark? Did they, did they accomplish, we're talking about trillions of dollars. Uh, did they hit the mark? Did they do what they were intended to do largely or, or, or maybe not so much? Yeah, I, I think the answer to that question lies in the future. I so many questions too. So certain businesses benefited a great deal from that. And, and in those situations, those businesses, those individuals, it, it did hit the mark. But other situations, it might have been too much at the wrong time. Other businesses, it might not have been nearly enough at, at the wrong time. So when Congress basically got together to pass this legislation, really in what probably took them a week or less. Uh, I really believe they did their very best to do the right thing for everybody. And I think they really tried hard and, and were somewhat successful based on how quickly they put that legislation together. But now that we're basically coming up on 75 days past that period of time, there are a lot of issues out there with businesses uh, that you know, are still not only struggling today, but will be struggling a great deal in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, g given the magnitude of, of the, the spend from the Treasury, uh, you and I were talking earlier about how, you know, in the past, it, it, you, you know, 
politicians of the parties would shut down government for for you know a vote to increase the spending limit by 250 billion you know they've spent trillions and you know talking about trillions more uh, what do you see tax policy looking like uh, and when and 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 does it matter what party is in office for the the next uh, the next cycle? Is, is, you know, would Republicans raise taxes? Do they have to? What's that, What's it going to do to what they've tried to use to stimulate the economy? Just, I'd love your thoughts on that. Yeah, Tom, I'm I'm happy to report to you that uh, these are the good old days. Um, as bad as. Uh, certain things have been over the last few months and unpredictable as the future is going to be. I really believe from a tax point of view that these are the good old days. Uh, I, I don't think there's much doubt that taxes are going to go up and that the taxes that we're currently paying at this time are probably the lowest that we'll see for the rest of our lifetime. And you ask the question of when is this going to happen, and I think the answer to that is it depends. I think uh, it depends a lot on this election in November. Um, it it depends who the president's going to be and what's going to happen to the House and Senate. Uh, but I, I think it's really just a matter of time that taxes will go up, and uh, I think everybody in Washington D.C. understands that. And it's just a question of how how much and how soon. Yeah, the times they're 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 interesting to say the least. Um, you know, I I want to shift gears a bit. I think this would be really interesting. Uh, you work with a lot of small businesses, business owners. I'd love to know uh, what conversations you're having with business owners. Um, you know about the effects uh, to their business of the coronavirus. I know you know in normal times you talk with business owners about specifics in their business. I'd love to know how those conversations are changing now, if they are, and, and what are, what's on the heart and minds of, of small business owners right now. Yeah, you know, in a way, um, what we do is very similar now as, as what we've always done. We, we do our best to provide value for our clients. And what does that mean? Uh, basically, that means increasing and protecting assets, reducing maybe eliminating known and unknown liabilities, increasing revenue and reducing expenses. So during this time, the conversation has to do with what can we do to increase our revenues from the government? What kind of programs are the government allowing us to take advantage of? Uh, whether it's a PPP loan where we may not have to pay that loan back or whether it's an SBA loan that we can pay back over 30 years or a deferral of social security tax that we don't have to pay back for another year or two that's interest free. And then let's have a discussion too about your expenses. You know, what expenses doesn't make sense to cut back at this time? And then let's always look at the balance sheet. You know, what assets can we uh, maybe employ to, to do a better job for the company or for the individual themselves? So basically, the foundation of what we're, we're doing is staying the same, but we have much more to talk about these days than we've had in the past. And when do you, when do you think that that conversation starts shifting back to kind of bread and butter? And I guess, you know, what's your sense uh, for the clients you deal with? Is it varied or do you have clients that may not survive um, this economic downturn? Do you have clients that are thriving? through it, maybe a sense for 
just business in Tarrant County in general, which is primarily the marketplace that, that you interact with? Right. That's a good question. And uh, businesses are so varied. I mean, businesses are really what makes the country, the county uh, function and go forward. And so I think each of us within the firm have clients that are actually doing better now than what they did a few months ago, depending on the business, the type of business, what product they're producing or what service they're providing for their customers or clients. On the other hand, we have businesses that were ordered by the government to be shut down and they still have not reopened. So I, I think it truly is, is all over the, the spectrum as to what's taken place. And when, things, uh, when do things look like they will get back to normal? Well, I, I, I think that's maybe more of a medical question. You know, I think it's when are people going to really feel comfortable getting out and doing things like they used to do? So in other words, when is there going to be a cure or a vaccine for this virus? And I've heard anything from later this year to maybe never ever. And so are we now moving into the new normal? Do we uh, do more socially distancing? Are we more aware of washing our hands and, and staying sanitized on a regular basis? If so, um, maybe we never cure the virus, but maybe we uh, reduce uh, other illnesses that have plagued us in so many generations before us. So um, I think the biggest question that I have as a tax accountant and probably that you have in, in your line is what is the future? And the future is still to be laid out, I believe at this time. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a, a final thought, because I know uh, PPP was such a big part of what, uh, what our folks were working on. And you know, we did several uh, webinars and, and information um, uh, distribution to the marketplace and it was it was so vital to a lot of our small businesses where are we at right now with uh, you know a lot of they've extended the the measurement period and I know that that made an impact for a lot of businesses but but ultimately there needs to be a resubmission of of, um, of the kind of facts and circumstances to justify and I know I know the government's going to audit loans above certain thresholds kind of give us a state of where we are uh, on that and you know what are you guys doing in the tax group to help support that right now yeah good question so in working with clients I've always uh, cautioned them if at all possible do not make a decision before you have to make a decision so when it comes to the submission of paperwork for the forgiveness of the PP loan program um, I, I read some guidance on this that was released last Thursday that indicates that you know you really have 24 weeks from the time that you re received the funds to make a decision on which way to submit. And then I believe everybody has, um, I, I think from that point, I think you actually have another 10 months before you have to submit. So we may be looking at uh, the middle of next year before it's necessary to submit the paperwork for the, the forgiveness. So as many things have changed over the last 75 days, if the deadline isn't really for another uh, a year from now before we have to submit, I would advise not submitting until the very end. But that doesn't mean 
to put it off. We could still work on the, the paperwork that we believe is gonna put us in the best position and wait that long to see if uh, we get any more guidance on it. So I know everybody's been kind of panicked, like it's been eight weeks since I received the funds. What do I need to do? Let's hurry and get it done. What I've read recently indicates that that is not necessary for undoubtedly another year from, from now. Right, right. Well, a common theme through most of what you've talked about is just the future and the uncertainty and the unknown. So uh, we, we'll, we'll be really interested to continue to check back and on all of this and, and, and other issues that we've talked about through our previous podcast. But Mark, I want to thank you again for, for joining us on w, WP Talks. Uh, it was uh, great talking with you again. Congratulations on the anniversary of Whitley Penn 37 years ago. And I'd encourage everybody to stay tuned and look for future podcasts where we'll, where you'll, uh, we'll interact with other professionals in different disciplines within the firm to kind of get their take on uh, what it was like interacting with uh, clients and other professionals during uh, this COVID crisis. So again, thanks for joining us and stay tuned and, and look for uh, future episodes on WP Talks.